Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each of you here. And once again, if you're our guest, welcome. If I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're so glad that you're with us this morning. We're kicking off this brand new series, um, Just What You Saw, Things Jesus Never Said. And maybe if you've been around the church or even if you've been around other Christians, sometimes we pick up ideas that aren't actually in the Bible. Or we hear people say things and then they're not actually found in Scripture or they're not even in alignment with God's character and who God is. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to walk through a sermon that Jesus preached. And we're going to look at different parts of that and gain an understanding of things maybe that we think sometimes that Jesus never actually said and then how he has called us to live our life. And so this morning, we're kicking off this first week. If you're taking notes or you're writing down some of these ideas and in these scriptures, we're going to look at this, things Jesus never said. He never said, follow me and life will be easy. Okay, never said that. And I know that sometimes there's even um, preachers and, and pastors with a great heart that say things like that, like, hey, come to Christianity, come to faith in God, and it'll be easier, your life will be more comfortable, or God wants to bless you and prosper you. And, and so some of those ideas sometimes get wrapped up in this idea of, well, maybe if I follow Jesus, yeah, my life will just be easier. Things will go well for me. Everything will kind of line up. But we don't find that in Scripture. Matter of fact, as we look at the life of Jesus and as we walk through the Gospels, the stories and the teachings of Jesus, we see something very different. He's very honest. And he lets us know that, hey, we're going to face difficulties in this life. We're going to have some hard times. And that to follow him, it is a very difficult thing to surrender our life to Christ, to give up our will and our wants and our desires and to submit ourselves to God, to open up scripture and say, God, I'm gonna try to live the way that you've designed for me to live. It's not an easy thing. And Jesus never said it would be easy. When I was thinking about this idea, it reminded me of a story. Um, there were some friends of mine that were worship leaders. So they write worship songs and they go um, to different college campuses and to different churches, and they lead worship. And they said they got a call from some guys that they knew. There were four of them. They were in their early 20s. This was about a decade ago. And as they got there, what they found out is these four guys, um, it was right when this video game called Rock Band came out. Maybe you guys know this, right? Okay, so if you remember, you had this electronic drum set, and they were all color-coded, and so you'd hit the drums right at the right time. There was an electric guitar that had buttons on it, green, red, yellow, blue, you know, all of those orange, and then a bass, and there was even a microphone. And these guys had become experts at the game Rock Band. They knew all the songs. They barely missed any notes. Like, they got some of the highest scores that you could get, and they could play through all of the different songs. And so what they had done is they had gone out and purchased thousands of dollars of music equipment. And they really thought, hey, that game was pretty easy. I'm sure we could be, be musicians, right? And we could learn to do this. And let me just tell you, following a color code on a computer screen is very different than what Micah and Richie and all of the instrumentalists here do. Like that takes a tremendous amount of skills to be able to do that. And just playing a video game like Rock Band that's not going to get you there, right? And so, like, they just laughed. And, and my friends that were worship leaders, they said, the best advice we can give you, get your money back, okay? Like, you need to return all of this music equipment. You're not going to be able to do that. But sometimes maybe we have that thought. Like, we see other people's lives, and we're like, man, it just looks so easy. And it's not. 
To follow after Jesus is never an easy thing. And he never said, come and follow me and life will be easy. And so there was a famous Christian writer and he said this, and I think it, it makes so much sense. He says, the Christian idea has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. People don't come to Christ and say, well, I, I just don't know if there's enough substance there. I don't know if this makes sense. It's that we come to Christianity and we're like, this is too hard to give up my wants, to give up my desires, to surrender who I am for what God is saying of me. That's a difficult task. And so, so many people, they walk away from the Christian faith because it's hard. And so I want us to look at this where Jesus begins to show us the difficulties of following him, but what this should look like for us. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse 1 and go to verse 12. If you didn't bring a Bible, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. You can open that up to page 472, or just take out your smartphone and Google Matthew chapter 5, and you'll get there. And I want to encourage you to follow along with us. The next few weeks, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7. Um, once again, this sermon. So this is a message just like this that Jesus is giving to this group of people. And this is one of the longest recorded sermons that we have of Jesus, kind of this teaching um, that he's giving us. And so we'll start reading in verse 1, and we'll look at these different sections and, and explore a little bit of what they're saying. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Seeing the crowds of people, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down with his disciples, or when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and started saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, okay, this is Jesus, like probably one of the greatest preachers, one of the greatest communicators, but he doesn't start with the funny story. He doesn't start with this like all inspiring, you can do this, you can live for God, you've got this. What does he start with? oh yeah, you're blessed when you're poor in spirit. And I'm like, that's kind of a downer, right? Like that doesn't see. And so what is it that he's talking about? What is, well, it's this idea of, hey, it's not gonna be easy to follow Jesus. It's not gonna be easy to begin to surrender your life to God. This, this is a difficult thing. But we start with this idea right here that we're poor in spirit. And what does that mean? I just started thinking about that idea. And we don't have to go that far this week. Um, Josiah, our, one of our older guys, is home for the Marines, and we were driving around Dallas, and I saw a lot of people that seemed to be under-resourced or living in poverty. And they're standing by the side of the road, you know, with the sign of, um, can you help me? I need food, or I need a bus ticket, you know, to get to this place. They don't have the means to, to meet some of their basic needs. And even as we look around Mesquite and the city that we're in, many of the families um, in, in our public school district, they're on free or reduced lunch. Like they're right there at that poverty line, which means they struggle to meet those basic needs. They don't have some of the resources to provide food or maybe shelter for their family. That's what poverty is or, or what being poor in that kind of resource situation looks like. And Jesus says, if you're going to come to God, that's where you have to start at, that in your soul and in your spirit, you're poor. What does that mean? you don't have the resources to take care of yourself spiritually. That we are born into a world and we are born broken. We are born sinful. None of us come to God and say, God, I got this figured out, okay? And God, I'm such an amazing person. You want me on your team, right? 
Like you, you just want me to be a part of your kingdom. You want me to be a part. None of us come like that. He said, it's actually we come poor in spirit and we come humbled and we're like, God, I'm messed up and left to myself. I'm broken and left to myself. I'm sinful, God. And I keep making these mistakes and I try to fix myself and I can't. And so Jesus said, you're actually blessed when you recognize that, that each of us come to God, not as whole people, not as perfect people. We don't do this thing and follow God because we've got everything figured out. We do it because we're poor in spirit, because we realize we can't fix ourselves. We can't do this on our own. We can't do this in our own strength. And there were plenty of people in the time of Jesus, there were all of these religious people that just said, look, you follow all of these rules exactly, and you do it all right, and then you're in right relationship with God. And Jesus said, no, you want God's blessing in your life? You want this thing to be real? Then you're honest, and you're saying, God, I come broken and I come hurting, Lord, and I have nothing to take care of myself. I can't do anything for myself spiritually, and that's why I come to you, because I need you. And he said, when you do that, then you're able to receive the kingdom of heaven. Then you're ready. It's at that moment, not when you think you've got it all figured out, but when you realize that you're broken, that's when you're ready to receive the kingdom of God. And this is difficult because we don't do this in our world, right? Like everything around us tells us to present the perfect picture. Like we've got all the filters on our app, right? You hold the phone right, you suck in your gut, right? You, you kind of get that perfect angle because you have to present the, be the best version of yourself. And you need everyone out there to see how perfect you are. And so we have all of the apps, right, to take away the wrinkles and the zits and all of those things to make us look so good because we don't want anyone to know we're broken. And yet when we come to Christ, he's like, the difficult thing is to be honest. We sing songs, hey, you were born this way. You're perfect just the way you are. And the truth is we are born this way. And it's we're born into sin, you guys. We're born into disobedience. Our natural tendency is to rebel against God, not to pursue him. And Jesus said, hey, if you can be honest, this is so hard, this is so difficult, but it's at that moment that God can bless your life. It's at that moment that God can do something inside of you when you say, I don't have it all figured out, but Lord, I come broken, I'm poor in spirit, and this is hard, you guys. This is a difficult thing when we're honest with ourselves. And some of us, we've been in church for a while and we've never gotten here. Like our personal times with Jesus, we're asking for things or we're trying to cover up things. And many of us, we've never been honest with God as if we're somehow hiding our mistakes from him, right? Like he doesn't know what you do behind closed doors, right? Or he doesn't really know what's going on in your life. No, he sees every part of us. And yet church, he still chooses to love us not because we're perfect, but in our brokenness, he chooses to love us. And so one of the most powerful things that many of us in this room can do, we just need to be honest. We need to go to God today, this week, and say, God, I have a tendency to be a liar. Like, it's just who I am. I try to deceive other people to make myself look better. And God, I'm really broken. Or God, I struggle with lust. Or God, I struggle with jealousy. I'm always looking at what other people have and there's this greed inside of me that wants what they have and I want their life and I wanna look like that, God. And that's not how you've made me to live. And God, I'm not gonna lie about it anymore. I'm gonna be honest, this is who I am. And once again, Jesus says, this is so difficult for us to do, 
But when you do this, church, you'll be blessed. This is how we receive that healing that we need in our lives. So Jesus says, hey, this starts with you being poor in spirit. And at that moment, when you're honest with God, and when we recognize our sinful nature, that then we can receive God's healing. And so some of us, we need to verbalize that. We need to set aside pride. We need to be honest and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is a difficult thing to do. If you still have your Bibles open, he goes on. This next phrase, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He's saying your life is blessed because you're going to experience sorrow. You're going to experience loss. There's going to be difficulty in your life. There is nothing in this opening message where Jesus says, hey, come and follow me because everything's going to be easy. And everything's going to just go great in your life. You're never going to. No, he's saying, hey, you're going to have times where you weep, where this hurts on a deep level. But it's at that moment that that's when you'll be comforted, when we actually do this. Now, I was thinking of mourning, and the first image that came to my mind is someone that cries a lot. I don't know why I just thought of that. And in our family, um, with our older kids, we watch a show called The Office. Does anyone else? Okay, a few of you guys, you've seen that show. Um, there's a guy in that show, he, he comes on like halfway through the seasons. There's a number of seasons of those. His name is Andy Bernard. He's had everything handed to him, okay? Like his family was wealthy, and they bought him everything that he wanted. He's just really had an easy life. He's never really experienced rejection. And towards the end of the show, he quits his job at the office and he goes and tries out for a reality singing TV show, okay? I don't know if some of you guys have seen this. right. So he gets there. He thinks he's a great singer because everyone's told him, hey, you're so amazing. You can be anything you want to when you grow up, right? He's grown up in a life of comfort and he gets on the show in front of this panel of judges and they're like, you stink. You're just a really horrible singer. Like you, you don't really have a chance. And this is how he responds whenever they tell him he's not that good. Okay, so maybe that's what you think of when you think of mourning, right? Like someone just throwing themselves a pity party, like they're just going to sit there and cry about what they're going through. But Jesus is talking about something different here. And so I want to give you this idea of what it means to mourn as we look through Scripture. It's this process in our lives where we pause. And I want you to hear this because this is so vitally important. The world around us tells us to rush through. The world around us tells us to just cram those feelings down far enough and, and just get away fast enough and somehow it'll all work out. And yet when we come to scripture, it says, hey, when you've lost something, you've got to pause. Don't hurry through it. Don't rush through it. And we pause and we reflect. We weep. We hurt on that deep level. We cry. I want you to hear this. We cry in those moments because we've experienced something that affects us on an emotional level, on a real level. We can't. And once again, we've messed up as the church. We think life should be easy, right? We come to Jesus and everything's perfect. So we can't show our pain or we can't show our hurt. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, you're actually blessed when you mourn. When you're willing to stop and say, God, there's something here like this hurts. And I didn't expect this and I didn't see this coming. God, and this is painful on an emotional level, but I'm not going to rush through it, Lord. 
I'm going to let you do your process. And, and so it's this process of reflecting, uh, of realizing what we've gone through and, and processing, healing, walking through that. And Jesus says, it's only when you do that. Church, I want you to hear me. Not when you put on a mask. Not when you make everything look okay. It's only when you realize the pain that you've gone through and you take time to mourn, you take time to grieve that loss, that you can be comforted. That's where the blessing comes from. And can I show you, like, this is what so many of us do in our lives. We never really do this. And so um, I'm friends with Glenn, right? Like, we're friends? Okay, good. At least say yes for everyone else in this room. Okay, so it doesn't seem awkward. So we've known each other um, for a little bit. And normally when we see our friends, like you walk up and you say, what's up? up? How are you doing, right? Glenn did not give me the right line that I wanted you guys. Okay, Yeah, so there it is right there. How are you doing? How are you? Like what's going on? And our typical response is good. I'm fine. Yeah, everything's going great, right? And that's one way we can respond. And then watch this. Okay, do it again. I walk up. Hey, how are you? And we can choose to be honest and say, hey, I'm actually not doing okay right now because this is a difficult month. Or maybe a family member that I had, they got a bad medical diagnosis and it's just hitting me like it's weighing on me. Or maybe something happened at my job and I don't know, like, am I going to be able to financially provide? And so, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You can sit back down. Um, so, you guys, I was thinking about that. Do you realize there's only one of those responses that actually brings blessing in your life? As long as I tell Glenn, hey, I'm okay, there's nothing else he can do, right? Like the conversation, it, it just kind of fizzles out at that point. Or we change it and we talk about something else. But it's in those moments where I'm honest. And I can say, hey, this is, this is a difficult season or this is going on. See, it's at that point that he can wrap his arms around me and say, hey, I'm here for you. Or that he can say, hey, is there something I can do? Like, do we need to grab coffee? Do we need to grab lunch? Like, do you just need someone to talk to? You need to, just a place to vent that's safe? Like, like, what can I do? Can I be praying for you? Is there a way I could support you? As long as you're wearing a mask and telling everyone, hey, it's all okay, you can't be comforted. And that's hard because once again, the world around you wants you to be okay. They want you to look that surface kind of look and and wear that mask, but that's not really the life we're called to live. It's difficult. And we even know each other well, but it's difficult to break that barrier of like, hey, I know you're asking that. I don't know if you really want to know, but this is hard for me right now. Like I'm going through a difficult time. Now, Now, let me say this. I'm not talking about walking up to the cashier at Walmart. Okay, and just letting them have it, like, everything's falling apart, I don't know. You know, um, that's not what I'm talking about. But each of us, we need those close relationships in our life. I'm not saying everyone, but you better have someone that you can go to when you need to mourn. You better have someone in your life that you can say, hey, I need a little space to process this, and I need a shoulder to cry on, and I need someone, yeah, that I can be honest and say, hey, this is where I'm really at. Church, I want you to hear me. It is not faith to put on a mask. That's not faith. That's not trusting God. I know we may have heard that sometimes. Like, well, that's what you just got to do. You just kind of fake it until you make it. No, that's not what following Jesus is. The difficult task is to say, God, 
Nothing's going right. Things are falling. And I don't know why this happened. And I'm trying to do what's good, Lord. And it doesn't seem like things are working out. And yet I still trust you. Like, I don't know the end of the story, God. And I don't know how all of this will play out. And yet, even in these difficult moments, I choose. That's faith. Faking it is not faith. Being honest and being real, mourning and taking that space to process, that takes faith. That's the difficult task. Jesus never said this would be easy. He never said, follow me and everything will work out perfectly. A matter of fact, quite the opposite. He said, you're going to suffer and you're going to experience pain, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. He came and set that example. He walked in front of us in suffering. He was betrayed by his close friends. He knew what it was like to have someone close to him die and experience death. He went to the cross and took all of our sin and all of our mistakes upon himself. He knew suffering and he led the way in that. And he says, hey, if you'll, if you'll go through this process of mourning, that's where your life will be blessed. You'll be comforted. Not that it'll be easy. Matter of fact, it's probably going to be difficult, but you're going to experience comfort inside of your life. And church, this is what he's calling us to. And so in a world that's broken, Christianity is not the easy way out. And it's not just kind of the pass on, well, everything will work out okay. But it's the difficult conversations of, hey, we know we have others around us who will walk with us. And we know that God will be with us even in the difficult moments. He goes on, and we'll just keep going through these. He goes on next to say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, we don't use that word a lot, meek, right? Like you're not, hey, you're a meek person. Um, so when I first heard this word, this is what I thought of. Um, skinny dude at the gym, right? Like, I thought of a weak guy. Like, that's immediately what came to mind. Like, this guy's worked out two times, and he thinks he's got some big muscles, but he doesn't, okay? So I associated those two words together, and maybe you have too. Like, you think of that, well, does it mean the same thing? And it doesn't. Meek means that you're pliable. means that your life is moldable. That's actually the word that it comes from, this idea that your life can be shaped and formed. See, a weak person doesn't do something because they don't have the strength or the ability to do it. A meek person, even though they have the strength and the ability, they choose to say no because their life is molded by God. So if I'm weak, I can't, I wish I could hit that person, you know, but, but I know I don't have the physical strength like they would beat me up. A meek person says, hey, I may have the ability to take physical aggression, but I'm not gonna do that because my life is molded and I'm pliable in the hands of God, and so I choose not to. See, that's an inner strength that so many times the world around us doesn't see, and they want us to just react, and yet Jesus says, your life is blessed when you choose to say no. Not because you have to, but because there's this inner strength inside of you that says, God, you're shaping, and you're forming, and you're molding my life. I'm in your hands. That's a difficult thing to do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And this is so difficult in a world that tells you, you can have instant gratification. Whatever it is that you want, you can have it right now at your fingertips, okay? You want sexual gratification? You can go online, put something in front of you, and, and feel that momentary gratification, right? You're feeling empty, Buy a new wardrobe. Amazon, it'll be delivered to your house later today or tomorrow, right? Like alcohol, drug, all of these things, 
We can get instant gratification, and yet it leaves us wanting more. It's never enough. It never satisfies us. And the difficult task that Jesus calls us to is, hey, you hunger and thirst after righteousness. And it's not easy, but you begin to pursue a life of Jesus. You begin to follow after God. You begin to walk after him. And if you'll do that, you'll find a satisfaction and a fulfillment that you've never experienced before. You'll find this peace and this fulfillment in your life that you've not known before. And it's not an easy thing. It's not instant gratification. But if you'll hunger and thirst after what is right, you will be filled. That's what scripture says. He goes on, blessed are those who are merciful for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. This peace is such a powerful thing. And as you read in scripture, once again, it doesn't mean everything in your life is easy, but it means even in the difficulty, you've got a strength. You've got a calm, even in the midst of storm, even in the midst of a storm. It means that when your life seems like it's falling apart, that others look at you. And we see that in scripture that they look at your life and they're like, man, there is something different about you that I don't see in other people. What is that? It's peace. It's a peace that comes from God. It's an inner strength that we have in our life. This is what Jesus says. It's a difficult thing to have, to have that inner strength and that inner peace. But this is what God is calling us to. I thought of whenever I was younger, and um, I have one older sibling. Some of you guys know him, Michael. Um, he's a pastor. He's spoken here before. and um, Right now, he's a pastor up um, outside of Chicago, Illinois. But I remember growing up, and Michael was always like, um, head and shoulders taller than me, and always like weighed a lot more than me. He was older, and he could annoy me like only an older brother could. Amen. And so I would be in, I would be in a room, and I'd start getting frustrated. Right, I'd pick up whatever was around me, like I'd start throwing things at Michael. I would run to him, knowing full well that I was about to get a beat down. Okay. And, and like chaos is breaking out in there and I'm screaming and I'm running over to him and all he had to do was kind of pin me down and sit on me. I mean, that's, that would have been it for me. And chaos and my dad would step into the room. Boys, do we have a problem here? And all of a sudden, what was it? Peace, right? Everything, we weren't fighting anymore. Like no one was upset. Like we just stood there, right? Like dad, no problem here. Because someone with authority stepped into the room and now there's a totally different atmosphere. And you guys, that's what happens in our lives as followers of Christ. Not that it's easy, but someone with a different authority has stepped into the room of your life, has stepped into your workplace, has stepped into your family. And there is no longer a problem in that room anymore because he brings his power. He brings his presence. Do you get this? He's saying this is how your life is blessed when you walk with this kind of peace. And we see this in Mark chapter four. You've got these seasoned fishermen that have been fishing for years and they're out on this boat and the storm starts to come and waves and the boat's being tossed around and they're thinking, we're gonna die. This thing's gonna break apart. And Jesus stands up and what does he say? Peace, be still. And all of a sudden the waves stop, the storm calms down and the disciples look at each other and they're like, who is this guy? Like this isn't just someone normal. This is like the Messiah. This is the son of 
of God. Why? Because they experienced the peace in the midst of storm that they had not known before. And this is difficult, but church, I'm telling you, in your workplace, in your family, God's presence is peace. And he's asking you to bring that. And when you begin to live that out, when you begin to bring that powerful peace into your home, into your relationships, into your household, into your school students, you begin to bring that, people are gonna look at you and they're gonna say there's something different. Man, that's like a son, that's like a daughter of God. There's something unique about their life because I don't see that in everyone else. There's an authority, there's a strength there, even in the midst of chaos that you're carrying with you into the places that you go. It's hard. It's difficult, but Jesus says this, your life will be blessed when you do this. He ends in verse 11 and 12, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What's he saying? You want to follow me? People are going to talk behind your back. You want to live a life that's right, even love people and do what's right. They're going to come after you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to say things about you. Church, there is nothing in the opening introduction of Jesus' message that says this life will be easy. There's nowhere that he promises, hey, just come and follow me and you can be comfortable. But what he does say is follow me and I promise you'll be blessed. See, although I don't think Christianity is the easiest way to live our life, I do believe it is the best way. And I want you to hear the difference. It's not the easiest it is the best way for us to live our life. See, when we're living like this, we receive God's blessing in our life. We receive the favor of God. And it doesn't mean everything works out. And it doesn't mean everything is perfect. And it doesn't mean we don't ever hurt or we don't ever, ever experience pain or suffering. But we know there is a God who walks with us in the midst of all of that. And that he has designed us a certain way. And although it's not easy to live that way, it is the best. He knows what is good for us. And he's spoken these things over our life. And so this morning, we want to understand Jesus never said, follow me and life will be easy. But we want to walk away this morning with this understanding that he did say, follow me and I'll bless your life. And it may be hard and it may be difficult, but I promise my blessings, my spirit I'll go with you in what you're walking through. And so church, I want to pray for us. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. And right where you're at, I'm going to lead us in prayer, but I want you to have a conversation with God right where you're at. And maybe one of these hit you. Maybe it's peace and you don't have peace right now. Or maybe you've rushed through mourning and God's saying, hey, I need you to pause. For some of you, maybe you've tried to be good on your own and fix it on your own. And this morning you're realizing, I'm poor in spirit, God. I am broken and I am sinful and I need a savior. And we're just gonna be honest with God and say, God, help us to walk into your blessings even when it's difficult. Let's pray together. God, I thank you, Jesus, for the way you started this message off. It wasn't necessarily like inspiring or 
made people want to cheer, but God, you were honest. And you said this life may be difficult, but God, you promised as you would be with us. And so, Lord, I pray for that for each and every one of our lives. Lord, if we've been trying to fix ourselves, remind us we're blessed when we're poor in spirit, God. For those of us that have tried to rush the process of mourning, God, we've just tried to shove those emotions down and we've never stopped and grieved and cried, Lord, and allowed time to heal, God. Help us to pause. Show us that we're blessed, God, when we mourn because that's when you comfort us, God. Lord, if we need peace, God, if we're facing persecution, Lord, whatever that is, God, help us to lean into the difficulties, to lean into the hard moments, God, because you're there with us. And Lord, although life is not easy, God, you promised that if we follow you, our life would be blessed. And so I pray that over us as a church. And as we live that out, let other people see us. Sons and daughters of the King, Lord. God, help us to be a light for you in the world around us, God. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, church.